Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Tyrell Smith, Tyrell Smith with Dot Life Fitness out of Tom's River, New Jersey. Tyrell, what is going on, man? How you doing, brother? Happy I'm Thursday. Well. I'm well. How are you? Happy Thursday to you, too. I'm doing really good, man. I'm doing really good. Excited to have you on here today. And we're definitely ready to dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with Dot Life. But, you know, first, Tyrell, what we want to do here is give you the floor and give you the opportunity to go ahead and give us a little description on how you would explain Dot Life Fitness. What is it to you? How would you word it? Um, I would say Dot Life Fitness to me, um, when I started Dot Life Fitness, it, it kind of came from like a, a family thing. Um, the name Dot Life Fitness, it went back to a close relative of mine um, who was killed. And um, their nickname was Dot. We, the family thing was Dot. We used to call him Dot. And our family slogan for about a year after was like dot life, dot life, dot life. So when I got into the gym, fit, the, the fitness field, um, and I went to start my gym, I kind of was on the fence. I didn't know what to name it. Um, and I, I was stuck. And then it came to me like, you know, some, it pretty much came to me like pretty much like, um, this would be a good idea. This would be a good name for the gym. Um, because when I do my trainings and I do all my stuff, um, I kind of like to make everyone feel like family, regardless whether they're family or not. I kind of try to make everyone feel like family. If they need help with anything, I help them. Um, if they need an ear, I'm an ear for them. So like it's bigger than just a gym to me. Um, it's real personable, if that makes sense. Um, but the type of gym that Dot Life Fitness is, um, we're structured, we do, a lot of group training classes. Um, and then a lot of the classes are also uh, semi-privates or private. So semi-privates is like, I usually do one to three people um, or private is just typically one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I introduced at a point in time a few months ago, a yoga class. I myself was not the yoga instructor, but I brought in somebody who has been in yoga for like 20 years and they um they came in and they introduced the yoga class in the gym and everybody loved it. Um, but it's just, you know, just trying a bunch of new things. Um, I would say we're definitely based heavily around group classes and private training classes for the most part. And we also do a lot of sports performance. I myself yeah. was originally um, a football player. So I got a lot of athletes. So a lot of it, um, stems back to uh, sports performance training as well. Yeah, I love that. I love everything about that, everything you mentioned, man, from the 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 dedication to your family member, which I, I'm I'm sorry to hear that, and, and just the overall, you know, including your old passions, right, from football. I mean, what, what position did you play? You know, I'm asking. I was an offensive lineman. I played um I played tackle and I played a little bit of guard. Yeah, college and high school. I played college. I played high school ball. Yes, I played college at UMass Amherst. Um, nice. I had a short little stint with the NFL. I got, I was able to get to a practice squad nice, and some, man. some training camp. 
um, with a couple pro teams. Um, and then I played um, oh, the pro teams. I was a uh, Carolina Panthers. Then I tried out with Arizona and then New York Giants for a little bit. Wow. Jeez, right in your backyard right there. <laughs> yeah, right there, man. Unfortunately, awesome. I, I ended up getting injured, messed up my wrist. And then uh, it, was, it was pretty tough trying to get back into that. Oh, listen, man, it, trust me, like, I'm a full player myself. And I understand completely how it, how it literally takes that one injury and you jeopardize your whole career, right? I mean, and now it's like every 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 year, it's like it's getting younger. And you're like 28, you're old, right? It's like, yeah, you, know, come on, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, I just got out of college. What are you talking yeah. about? So, um, but you know, 100%, man, that, that's a beautiful thing that you're able to, to transpire so many things from your personal life into your gym and make it your own, which really goes to show, like, I mean, you have full control of the culture and community that you build, and it stems from you, right? And I, I love that. I love that. It's awesome. And even the yoga stuff, too, right? The recovery. <laughs> you can't forget that stuff. Right? That's important, man. You should see so, me trying to do yoga. <laughs> Listen, oh, me too, bro. I know how it goes. And, oh, man. That's awesome, Tyrell. And so I can tell this is going to be a fun podcast. And this is not even the beginning yet. So let's dive right into <laughs> it here. Um, you know, we'll start with the bare bones basics, right? Uh, how many members are you serving currently? Currently, I would say active members um between yoga the group training and the private right now i would say i'm roughly i'm in the range of like i would say 90 to about 105 um yeah. active members um that number does fluctuate um of course i don't know if i mentioned but i've only been open for a year so it definitely has been tough getting people in you know people come people go you know how that is of course um, yeah but I would say I'm roughly around that number of clients at the moment. Okay. And so for you, Tyrell, I mean, what's been that best method? Because I mean, I think you have people from all different backgrounds, all different ages. Yes. What's been the best method to get people through the door? New people. How, what, what's worked well for you guys? Um, for me personally, the best method for that has worked uh, has been word of mouth. Um, word of mouth has been my biggest support in bringing people into the gym. Like I post a lot on social media. I probably don't post anywhere near as much as I should. Um, I'm not really that active on social media. <laughs> I probably should be way Which more is active. okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's I try fine. to get more active, but it's a lot. I do a lot. I do pretty much everything myself. So it's pretty tough. Um, trying to handle everything, but, um, word of mouth has literally carried the load for me. Like, I do well with a client or two. And then next thing you know, they're telling their friend and then their friends bring everybody family. And then, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? before you know it, it's just like a bunch of people. So it's, it's been great. I can definitely do better. I can definitely do better, but, but word of mouth has been the leading uh, factor for me and yeah. clients. Well, the one thing I will say here, Tyrell, it's it's a good thing that you actually at least know that that's the biggest asset for you, right? Because I think some people just don't know. They're just like, I just kind of hoping <laughs> I get lucky, like, right? Like, I mean, sometimes it's true. And um, and the fact that you also know that you're not posting enough on social media, even though it might seem like a bad thing, is actually a good thing because it's like you are aware that you can do more and there's more opportunity there. Um but all that to say, I mean, look, at thinks, obviously, I think if you don't know this and if the viewers don't, it's just it's a point here is all those referrals, all those word of mouth, um, potential clients and clients that do come is just thanks to how good your fulfillment is. You're good at what you do and they talk. That's it. I mean, if you were bad, they're going to 
talk smack and then you're not going to get any referrals you're going to get some cancellations that would be a problem but, you know exactly but i also think i mean also again taking it back to you and the culture that you built it's your charisma who you are as a person those things stand out right if you're working with people individually or in, in a small group setting and, and you're giving them a great service of course family is going to come and they want they want they want to give a good experience to their family just like you gave to them and it's again if we don't know this either when you refer somebody to raise your status, that's literally how humans do that, right? So it's like, oh man, Tyrell did a great job. I mean, I'm going to go tell Brian and he's going to think that I'm the coolest dude after that, which <laughs> you don't think about that like a top of mind, but right. subconsciously it's like, yeah, like now they're going to value me a little more. That's literally what it is. Right. And so that's thanks to your fulfillment and thanks to your service. So it's, I mean, you're doing a good job somewhere, you know what I mean? If you're not yeah. doing good on social right. media, at least you're doing good with your service. Yeah. So I love that. I love that Tyrell. That's awesome, man. And so, I like this question too, a little bit of hard question to kind of put into a, a picture, but maybe right. you do have the answer. Yeah. Um, you know, I always say if leads, traffic, clients, all this was unlimited. Have you ever thought about what's that max number? I mean, how much higher can you go from that the 90, 100 range right now? How much higher can you go? What's capacity look like? Uh, honestly, that is a tough question. The reason being is because, um, I feel like I'm young right now. I'm 28, so I'm, I'm kind of in that heavy grind. Um, I kind of work numerous hours. Like, I'm willing to work anytime, no matter how late, no matter how early. Like, if there's a class that needs to be at a certain time, I'll do it. That's that's kind of where I'm at. You need me a late class, 11 o'clock p.m.? All right, bet. I'll stay up late. I'll come do it. You know, that's kind of like, the the mode I've been in um yeah. as of now. Obviously that's gonna slow down. That's definitely gonna slow down because it's a yeah. lot of hours. Um of course. But to put a cap on it, my gym space in itself is is roughly two thousand square feet. Um okay. my classes probably start from six AM and they go every hour um about till eight. 8 p.m. is my 8 to 9 p.m. is usually my last class of the day. Um, I do wow, get a break. Okay. Um, but I feel like if we fill every single class and uh, I could probably double it, double it, double would probably be my cap for me by myself. I should say if I was able to, you know, bring in help and have um, other trainers and stuff in here as well, outside of just the yoga, um, could probably do a little bit more, but you know, it's hard because I like to, like I said, be real personable with everyone. So yeah. it's hard for me to be helping you and helping you, helping you all at the same time when I'm by myself, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So um, I could say maybe double, maybe. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. There's no wrong answer there. I think right, it's yeah. whatever you truly think that you can do, right? It's not like we're looking for something specific. Some people will be like, I'm at capacity. I don't think I can do it anymore. And then, <laughs> if that's what you think you're at, you think you're at. Right. Um, it's really your judgment. And obviously, I mean, obviously square footage plays a factor as well. Cause if you have 20,000 square feet, you know, I, I could take a thousand people. Let's go like bring everybody. You know, but it's, it's the truth, right? You have to consider how much space you do have. And also, I mean, I think um, the efficiency of doing semi-private as well, it definitely yes. serves you well, because I think if you were doing one-on-ones, I think you would have been at capacity a long time ago. Long time. <laughs> like, that, you that know, honestly, uh, why I switched it, because I was like, you know what, this one-on-one-on-ones is kind of going to make this a little hard with people. So I just started like grouping them kind of like by ages and like, who knows who I'm like, oh, y'all should work together. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have similar goals. Let's all work together. They, yeah, they like it. 
and, and for time efficiency and even just, you know, on the financial side, cause you need, you need money to stay open, right? You don't, you don't yeah. hate money. It's not like it costs <laughs> money to stay open. So it's like, uh, if for financial and, and just time equity, it makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. So, uh, a great, great approach there, Tyrell. And so kind of moving on here, you know, I, I think this is also another good question as well. And it's really just, how do you do it? Right. How do you track these people? I mean, the numbers, the metrics, right? I mean, of knowing just how long they've been with you, when they started, when they're canceling, all of those things. I mean, how do you manage that? Okay, so I was I was fortunate enough to purchase this app, this software that um honestly tracks everything for me. So it does make my nice. life a lot easier. Um it's called Glowfox, G-L-O-F-O-X. Um I've been using one. Okay. Say that again, I'm sorry. Uh, so that's a new one. I haven't heard of that one, to yeah, be honest. So I believe it's based out of, they're going to be mad if they find out if I say the wrong place, but I believe it's based out of Ireland, if I'm not mistaken. Is it, it's so, an app or a software? I'm sorry. So it's, they have an app, but I, okay. yeah, they have an app. It, it's an app in, in a sense. But when I was getting it, they were like, oh, this software system, blah, 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 blah. But it's realistically, it's an app that I have to pay for either monthly or annually. Um, okay. And pretty much it takes the day-to-day operations out of my hand. So I just have my really? people sign up. I just have my people download this app, create their account. Once they create their account, they're in there. They could book the classes through the app. They could cancel the classes through the app. They can purchase the memberships through the app. And I have the... Um, obviously the, the main drive where I could go look and see how many classes this person has booked, um, how many classes this person has canceled, when did this person start, um, how long this person has not been back to class so I could reach out to them. as you know, a bunch of push notifications and a bunch of uh, good things that come with the app. So I am fortunate to use that and that helps me out a lot because sure. when I first, first started, I was writing it down. And that became, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I was writing it down. And that, and that was just, uh, that, that, that was, that was a handful, but this app kind of, it makes my life a lot easier because I, I honestly don't have to do much in regards to that people. It has the waivers online and everything. I don't really wow. have to do, I don't have to do much. Yeah. No, I just that's do awesome. inside the gym stuff for the most part. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. It makes it convenient. Because again, I always say like, as fitness professionals, right? I mean, we track our our, our, our macros, our yeah. body fat, how yeah. much weight is on the bar. But then sometimes you go to your metrics and they're like, I think I have 10 members. You're like, how do you not know? I mean, you track everything else. Why, you, why forget you that? You know? Pull it up. It, 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 so, uh, and that's awesome, man, that you do that. I mean, again, like, I think it's, it's an eye opener for viewers. It's like, you have to be on top of that too. Because I mean, if you did not know, you even said yourself, you were doing it handwritten which i'm sure people still do the check-in sheet and think that's a way to track right it's not you really don't know how much money you're making you don't know what the revenue looks like you don't know how many members you're like none of that stuff and it's impossible you know it's impossible to know that you're growing or if you're dying and that's the honest you're either going up or you're going down there's no in between i mean you could be in the middle sure but that's i mean in the gym industry we both know i mean people are either canceling they're staying or they're not showing up so you're either growing or you're dying so absolutely I love that, Tyrell. I love it. Congratulations to being on top of your stuff. And uh, I'm going to ask you a little bit of a longer-winded question here. Okay. A good question. And so if you need me to repeat anything, bro, just let me know by all means. But uh, so I, I'll say it in a way that makes a little more sense. Right? We've been talking in this entire podcast about the three pillars of business, okay? And that's going to be your lead generation, 
right? Yeah. Which is just your marketing, your mm -hmm. client acquisition, which is acquiring somebody from being a lead to them being a client, which is what sales. And then your last one is your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. Okay. So of those three, Tyrell, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Where I can improve the most. I think I'm gonna could you repeat the first two again for me? The third one, I'm yeah. I'm I'm good. Yeah. I'm good with the third yeah. one. Lead generation, which okay. is just marketing, right? Like getting people through the door. And then sales, right? Just the conversion of somebody being interested to being a client. So okay. marketing and sales. Hands down, it'll be uh number one. Um marketing and getting people through the door. I feel like is um is the biggest thing I need to improve on. Absolutely. I feel like I've been fortunate because I'm based in a location that is close to where I grew up in. So I do know a lot of people in the area. Um, I was pretty good in sports. Um, so I got a good resume. <laughs> I got a good yeah. resume with my name. So, you know, and I, I, I have been able to help people as well. So um, that has helped me a lot, but I feel like the sky could really be the limit if I really buckled down and, you know, put more time and effort into the marketing aspect. Like if I were to tell you, I've been open for a year in a few months now, March of a year and a few months now. And I have never put out, I don't, I never put out an ad on like a Facebook or yeah. an Instagram, or I don't have like any, billboards out or you know anything that's kind of promoting like hey come to the gym you know what i'm saying um once in a blue moon i'll do like a instagram challenge you know to bring in people or i'll do like a a deal like a seven for 27 you get seven classes 27 uh dollars kind of thing i'll do stuff like yeah. that every once in a while but i'm not as consistent with it as i should be so I definitely feel like um, that marketing area and getting people through the door is the number one thing that I need to improve on a lot going yeah. forward. Yeah, no, and I, I, I appreciate the honesty there. Because um, I think, honestly, I think we want to focus on the good podcast, right? And I think when you can put success to the side, regardless of success here, and still admit that, hey, I can improve in certain places. I think that's an eye-opener for the viewers because I think a lot of them think that they're at 50, 60 members and they're on top, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm doing it, but there's always room to improve. And yeah. I couldn't agree with that anymore. So thank you for that, Tyrell. You always appreciate it. I appreciate it. Appreciate you being honest with me. Yeah. And so, you know, kind of moving on here, the last two questions, my two favorite questions here, Tyrell. Okay. Um, you know, first one, what's the bigger picture? What are you trying to accomplish long-term? Okay. Um, it's I actually, I, I've actually gotten that question a few times and I honestly never really know how to answer it. Um, when I started this, I had a big picture, like this is what I want to do. I want to have this huge training facility and I want to have multiple sports training in there. And I want to be able to have my group classes and my private classes. And, you know, I want to be like a one of the state-of-the-art facilities in state of New Jersey. Like that, originally, that was like my plan. Like, that's what I wanted. Um, after opening the doors and then I'm like, and realizing, you know, <laughs> everything that comes with it and, you know, all of the, the hard work and labor that will be included in it, I kind of feel like I've geared my um, my bigger picture to... 
I want to one day be able to franchise it. Um, I want to one day be able to have more than one. I don't really want to go for the huge gym look anymore. I do love those, so I'm not speaking against those at all. I love those huge gyms, the 20,000 square foot gyms with, you know, so much equipment, but I kind of like this more personal thing after doing it. I like it more. So I feel like um, my bigger picture with this gym would be to do well enough here to where I can expand um, and open up in other locations, similar size, not too much bigger or not too much smaller, um, run the same way, real personable, real family oriented, love every time you walk in the door, you know, is embraced with love from everybody. Everybody feels like a big family. You played sports as well, so you know, that's how we were as athletes. It was always a family thing, family, family. Whether we really knew each other or not, we were a family when we all came together and played the sport. Um, so I definitely would love to, in the future, be able to have multiple Dot Life Fitnesses um, in multiple different locations in New Jersey, and then go even further to maybe one day in different states as well. Um, that's definitely my big picture. Um, it's a long shot, but I'm, I'm gonna push it. I'm, I'm gonna get there. And now you got it on recording. So now I really got to get there. That's it. That's it. I love it. I love it. That's awesome, brother. And so that was a mic drop of an answer. And I wish that was the last question, but it's not. So we got one more for you. <laughs> so, this, one, this one's a little tough man. I'm kind of curious to see your answer here. I know, I know you've been open for a year, but it's still going to be a great question in itself. So, you know, Tyrell, if you can go back in time, man, to when you first started your gym, right? Sit yourself down with all the knowledge you know now and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really needed to hear when you first started the gym. What would that advice be for you? Hmm. I can go back. That piece of advice for me would be don't rush it. I feel like when I was opening the gym, I kind of rushed. I was, I was excited. Like I was like, oh, I'm really doing this. I'm really doing this. I rushed it a little bit. Not saying that things are bad, but I feel like if I would have took a little bit more time and like really sat down and drew, uh, drew out every single thing that I could possibly think of, I feel like I, I should have went to a bunch of other um, gym owners, interviewed them, asked them questions about when they started and, you know, get the whole layout, get other people's opinions and how they started and things they dealt with. I feel like if I could go back, I would do that instead. So I was, I would be more prepared to um, run it because in the beginning it was, when I first opened up, it was, it was rough. It was, I, it, it was rough. I, I, it, I definitely battled. It, it was tough when I first opened up. Um, so if I could go back, I would definitely go back and just be a little bit more patient. I want to jump it, jump the gun so much. And um, I would have really took my time and like, uh, really got it down to like every little detail. I mean, to from the signage to, you know, all the different type of fees you have to pay for every single thing <laughs> and, you know, all that type of stuff. Um, that's, that's, that what I, that's what I would do. Yeah. That's awesome, Tyrell. Like that, that, that is a mic drop of an answer and a way to close it out there. Look, uh, Tyrell, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out here, you know, please shout out your Instagram, your Facebook, your website, anything you have 
where can people find out more about you and the gym? Okay, so my gym name is uh, on all platforms. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook is just at Dot Life Fitness, D-O-T-L-Y-F-E, fitness, F-I-T-N-E-S-S. No numbers, no underscores, no anything, just at Dot Life Fitness. Um, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, Facebook, kind of everything. Uh, decently active, getting better, you know, doing as much posting as I can do. Um, but yeah, you know, definitely give me a shout, hit me up, I'm super friendly, you know, I love to meet new people. And I'm definitely open for any type of advice or feedback or anything. Like I'm, I'm always looking for ways to grow and develop. So um, anybody listening, have any advice or anything for me, don't feel like I, I would love to hear it like at any time. So don't hesitate. I love that. I love that. I love that. Look, Tyrell, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. I look forward to seeing what you can do down the road or right? what you accomplished on the road. Um, and so uh, uh, what, if you could do me a favor here, Tyrell, just stick around for one more second, just so I can let you know how you're going to get the podcast. I'd appreciate it. Okay. Yes. Um, and uh, I'll just sign everybody else out here over here. So, uh, and to everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us to talk about your fitness business, Click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lawyers out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Catherine from Reborn by Catherine Fit in Kempsville, Ontario, Canada. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Excited to have you here and to learn more about what you do over there and um, really dive in. But before we do that, give me a really brief backstory as to why. What was it that made you decide to open up this fitness business? Um, so I've been a trainer for 10 years and, uh, prior to that, I was a teacher. So I come from a teaching background and I really enjoy teaching adults, um, how to lead a healthier lifestyle. And I was working at a commercial gym and I wanted to step out on my own and just be more on my own, like full-time rather than doing it part-time. And, uh, I just, I wanted to have my, something to call my own, my own space. I'm sure many other trainers can relate, and so, um, yeah, I just an opportunity came about where I could open my studio and I uh, just kind of just went for it during COVID. I wondered if I was making the right decision a lot during the time <laughs> when I was doing this, if I was going to survive all of the lockdowns that we went through and there were four or five lockdowns that we went through that were quite long. So uh, I had to branch out a little bit and do the online thing which was great. Actually, it helped me kind of step out of my comfort zone and uh, get into the online space more than I was. 
And I just, um, I keep wanting to reach more people, uh, help more people that are outside of some of these small towns that I live in and um, keep teaching people how to live healthier lifestyles, be stronger, be more mobile, be more confident in their body and what it can do. That's awesome. I love that you didn't let COVID kind of be the thing that set you back. You utilize it by building this online platform to have like a secondary thing, you know, just in case. And so now you have these two. And so today I'm excited to kind of talk about the online piece and the in-person piece, because I think that there's a lot of us that are doing both, especially mm-hmm. since 2020. So, you know, give us, I guess, your elevator pitch of Reborn by Catherine Fit. I guess both elements. Tell us what you have to offer, um, the services, the products. Just kind of paint that picture for us so we understand your model a little better. Sure. Um, so Catherine Fit is a one-on-one training studio. We work with clients of all ages, men and women, who want to be stronger, be more confident in their body, feel like they can do a squat without having pain in their knees and their back, wherever, wherever they're feeling their aches and pains and just help our clients feel better. Um, we've got a lot of people that come in that just want to move better or they tell us they just want to be stronger. And so that is always the goal to help them become kind of the person that they were, they were not confident they could be, or they weren't, they weren't confident in their body's abilities. We want to kind of show them that yes, their body can deadlift when they thought deadlifts were bad, or they can do a squat when they thought they wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to, or their doctor had told them they wouldn't be able to. So we're kind of trying to kibosh a lot of the uh, myths out there about exercises that have been deemed bad. And we just want to uh, educate people on what their bodies can do safely. Awesome. Is this done in a one-on-one only, or do you have kind of semi-private group? Like what offerings do you have available? Right right now we're doing one-on-one mainly. So uh, groups perhaps in the future, but right now uh, we just see clients on a one-on-one basis. It's a little more personal. We get to have some pretty interesting conversations with our clients. Sometimes um, we're, it's just the two of us in the studio. So we get to uh, get into some pretty deep conversations and learn about each other. And um, yeah, it's just a little more personal in nature than uh, a big gym setting where there's lots of people around. So it's, uh, it makes our clients a little more comfortable to work on their bodies and to do something they thought that they might not be comfortable doing in front of other people. Yeah, definitely. I think there's benefits to both. When we have the personal training yeah. side of things, it's it's much more personal. We're working one-on-one with somebody to help them reach their specific goal. And for a lot of people, they really need that kind of very specific hands-on one-on-one approach. Yeah. But then on the flip side too, like with um with one-on-one training, we can only fill our schedule with, you know, there's only about eight to 10 working hours a day. So we can only really fill in eight to 10 people if we're doing hour long sessions with group training, we can have a few more people in, um, and bring in a little bit more revenue. Have you guys ever done like one group training hour per day or anything like that? Uh, we have not in my, in my current space. I have in the past where I worked elsewhere and it was nice because I got to see six, we did small group training and I got to see six people at a time and I had them all doing their own programs that I had designed for them. So they're all kind of buzzing about doing their own thing and, but they didn't pay the cost of the one-on-one training. And then I got to collect a little bit more. They got to pay a less of a fee 
And so it was kind of, it's win-win. So I would like to do that in the future and just have a, maybe, you know, uh, be able to help our clients out as well. So they could still see us on a one-on-one setting maybe once a week and then come in for a group session. So there's to get a bit of both. Yeah, I think that's a really neat idea. We kind of call that semi-private because Mm -hmm. you're not in a group setting where there's like, you know, 20 people, but you have like two to two to eight people in that, you know, range Mm -hmm. where you're still as a coach giving them that one-on-one attention that they feel like they need, but the price point for them is a little bit lower. So it, it kind of opens up um, a different different demographic that may not be able to afford, you know, just one-on-one training. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. an interesting kind of thought. Um, currently, is it just you training or do you have any other trainers in the facility? I have another independent contractor. He's a trainer and he works with me. And so he trains, he does a few more younger people. So like some younger athletes and teenagers um, that are more into the sports. And I tend to have like an older clientele. Okay. So with the independent independent contractor that you have working from you, how do Mm -hmm. you, how do you make money from that? Because everybody does that a little differently. Some people charge a booth rent. Some people like take a percentage. How does that work for your business? So he was an employee up until the last month. And then we've gone into him paying me rent. So he pays me rent to use my space. Okay, cool. So like a flat rate. Yeah. Okay. So really with that, you know, there's kind of that flat rate. So you only can make up to whatever that ceiling is that he pays you. Um, so when we look at, you know, growth, like if he got like 10 more clients or something like that, like you really Mm -hmm. wouldn't make anything more. Um, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So what made you decide to come to that decision? Cause you said you had him as an employee, but you, you decided to switch. What was your reasoning behind that? So as an employee, I was looking at my, what I was essentially what I was making off of having him and his employee and having his clients in. And I really wasn't making a whole lot mm. off of having him there. So, and, and I was doing a lot of the back end work. I was taking his clients payments. I was pausing them if, if they need to pause. I was doing just a lot of the, the collecting of the money, the invoicing for his clients. And um, I have everybody on a subscription basis. So they were paying recurring payments. Um, and I take a hit, of course, on the recurring payments. So it wasn't like I was benefiting quite a bit in terms financially from having him as an employee. And I was also paying his deductions. So all his contributions to the government. So his pension plan, his vacation pay, all that stuff. So at the end of the day, I yeah, was not winning. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was not winning. So um, I decided that going the rent route was going to be a little bit more beneficial. And I toyed with it a lot. Do I pay, do I, does he pay per session? Does he pay a flat rate? And so we kind of settled on a flat rate. And I agree totally, like there's not a lot of incentive for me to uh, send him a client because I'm not making any more if I sent him if he has one client or if he has 20. Um, but at the, end of the day, I, at the end of the day, I guess I can rely on a certain amount of money coming to me each month. And if he has a slow month, I still know that I'm getting that dollar each, each month. So, yeah. Okay. So now pretty much like he's just running his own business underneath your roof, essentially. Exactly. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 
as you current, like as things currently stand for you specifically, how many clients mm-hmm. are you getting right now? For me, I have in-person clients. I'm sitting around 17. And then I have my online clients, which are, I have group and uh, one-on-one in, in, um, one-on-one online clients as well. So somewhere I'm around 30 online clients. Wait, walk me through how the online clients work. Is it like you meet them in a virtual session or is it like a library yeah. where they pay for a program and, and, and how does that work? Kind of like a library setting, I guess. Yeah. So um, the one-on-one clients, so they, they, they receive workouts that are more personalized to them. So it depends on what they have available to them, if they have any limitations. And I create a workout based on that. So I give them three workouts each, every four weeks. I replenish their workouts. And then, um, and then I give them a, I give them a call every month to see how they're doing. We check in. So we use an app called Trainerize. I don't know if you're familiar with Trainerize. So that's how they deliver their workouts. That's how we communicate. Um, and then I'll call them. We'll do like a Zoom call or just like a telephone call. See how they're doing. They can tell me if the workouts that they love them, if they hated them. Hopefully they didn't hate them. But we just uh, kind of do a call like that every few weeks see how they're doing sometimes the bi-weekly call is too much so sometimes they prefer just a monthly call like they don't have much to say to me after two weeks so the the monthly call works out well and then the group program um so I have a group of all women signed up for the group I'm doing right now and they're all doing the same workouts if they need to modify them I provide some modifications uh, I step, I set uh, step goals for them. I send them an email every week with a new goal to reach, to work towards. So walking, adding protein to their diet, add more water to your day, stuff like that. Okay. That's awesome. I love, I love the idea of trainer eyes because with trainer eyes, they make it really easy to have a lot of clients. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Super. You know, what I love so much about the online platform is the opportunity for growth there is truly endless. I mean, mm-hmm. we can grow and grow and grow and grow. And when we get to a point where it feels like it's too much for us to to work on, that's when we were like, hey, we're going to find a virtual assistant or, or hire. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so the opportunity for growth there is endless, but it's just a matter of, you know, how are we reaching our clients? So um, that's kind of the next topic of discussion is you have 17 pers- in-person clients, you have 30 virtual clients. Are you looking to increase those numbers? Are you looking to take on more clients and help more people? Yeah, definitely. I'd love to get more in more online clients. I'm kind of maxed out for in person. I need more hours in the day. Or um, yeah, so I, I keep telling, I keep saying that I am not accepting more in person clients unless I'm asked for specifically. Sometimes um, a local physiotherapist will will ask that. If I'm available personally, she has a client for me. So I'll accept clients in that case. Um, but otherwise, it's just online clients. And I can definitely take more one-on-one in, in um, online clients. And my group program is finishing up in a week or so. So yeah, and then I'll run another group program in the fall probably. Okay, that's awesome. So like yeah. I said earlier, you know, the opportunity for growth there on the online side of things. There's not a kind of a specific number where we have to cap it off. Now, so what are you actively doing right now to aid that growth process, to find more clients? Everybody's doing this a little differently and I'd like to hear your approach. So, well, for, I try to launch uh, three, maybe four times a year for my online program, but three seems to be kind of like a nice number. So I don't always feel like I'm selling. 
Um, and so I kind of map out my social media posts for about 14 days when I start getting ready to launch my online program and uh, for the one-on-one -on -one training. So I kind of just make it known that I am taking on three to five online clients um, and go from there. And then I'm looking, try to, I try to look for beginner people. So beginner to intermediate clients, people that, um, you know, they, they may not feel like they have a lot of time in their schedule, or maybe, you know, they're unsure of setting up sessions with me. So they in-person in sessions, or they feel like they don't have time for in-person. So online is kind of the next space, the next best thing, because they can do the workouts on their own schedule. And that's what a lot of my online clients love is they want to do the workout at 5am, then they can, or they want to do it at 9pm. Definitely. So it works out well. So you really kind of just utilize your social media right now to reach those. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And with my, the age demographic that we have people that I seem to attract, Facebook has been really helpful as opposed to Instagram. Not a lot of my clients, not a lot of the people that I, I guess I'm, I'm targeting are um, on Instagram. So Facebook seems to be the way that I'm getting clients. Okay. Walk me through, you know, is it all organic? You said you plan out your content for about 14 days. Is that all? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, for, it is. Yeah. For example, like with organic, you know, with organic, we're able to reach our followers, our friends, followers, like if our friends like it, it might show up in their followers feed. And so then we reach mm -hmm. that way. But yeah. it's kind of more like when we're doing organic, we kind of have to think of it as word of mouth, essentially, because yeah. our clients are going to see it, they're going to share it and it spreads like that. But mm -hmm. we're not reaching anybody who doesn't already know that we exist. Really. That's right. That's um, right. So a lot of businesses, especially in this online space, the past couple of years have toyed around with the idea of running some kind of ad. Have you tried ads at all? Has it been something that has benefited you or is it kind of hit or miss? So I did about a year ago, I did something with growing gyms. It was, um, he set up ads through Facebook and um, it was like, um, so he would set up like this dashboard. And so anybody that, um clicked on my ad wanted more information would go into a dashboard and I would connect with them through this dashboard they would set up a call with me they would set up a conversation with me like it was the kind of like um like an MSN conversation you know like you are like an like a texting app mm -hmm. so we would I did that for a while um I did that for six months or so and I did get a fair amount of clients through it we got a fair amount of in-person people through doing that. Um, it was hard to target my online clients because I run a 90 day program. So for people to, I guess, to commit to 90 days without maybe fully knowing me or trusting me or having some kind of background information on me, it was hard to get people, it was hard to sell people on a 90 day online program. So I needed to come up with something different to kind of get people on that, to kind of get them on that bandwagon. I did get a few signups for it, but it wasn't, it wasn't quite the turnout that I was hoping for. Yeah. It's tricky with Facebook, you know, the figuring out what's going to work to target the clients yeah. that we need. Um, yeah. Ultimately, what do you feel like it was that made you decide to stop doing that? Were you not getting enough return on that? Or was it just like, you know, yeah, it was, 
it was a cost. It was pretty expensive to keep it going for um, like it was like $1,200 a month. So I was like, well, like we kind of like it ran its course. I got, we got lots of benefit from it. We got a lot of in-person clients. And then, um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I was, what I was paying for hey. the ads, it was evening out and what I was getting on my return. So, yeah, I mean, ideally we run ads and we get some kind of return on investment. I've seen a yeah. lot of people in this space, kind of similar to you getting like a three to one return on investment for ads. So spending a mm. hundred, making 300, right. Yeah. That's what we want to see. But when we're spending a bunch of money every month and we're not it's not measurable for us to see that return. It's like, uh, you know, like, yeah, hey, yeah. Um, it, was, it was hard. Yeah. <laughs> Catherine, I want to ask you a, a different question here before yeah. we run out of time. I want to touch on some other topics. If you had a look at your business right now, what would you say is the number one challenge that the, that one thing that kind of keeps you up at night that you're still trying to figure out and what are you doing to overcome that? Uh, pricing has always been hard for me. So I recently increased my prices, um, on in, in-person stuff and online stuff too. And, um, it's a, whenever it comes to the talk about to, to the, the question when they inevitably want to know how much things cost. And this usually comes down to my online training because I run like a high ticket one-on-one training program and it comes with big price points. I, you know, it's an invest, it, it seems like a big investment for some. So when that question comes about, I think I've gotten better at my delivering of what the price is without seeming hesitant or though like seeming cautious about it. But I think the price, like telling them that number is, and then receiving a, a potential negative comment about, ooh, that's too much, or I can never spend that much on myself, or, um, so I just have to kind of, if, if I do get that response, it happens. Yeah. Not everybody is willing to spend $1,500 on a 90-day program. I totally get that. Whereas others are think, well, like, you know, I would, I've spent $1,500 on worse things. Yeah, so. for sure. And I think yeah. that, you know, those prices are not ridiculous. I think for <laughs> most of us, like if we're in the fitness industry, we're usually fitness professionals. We're not sales professionals. So figuring out how to sell these mm-hmm. memberships without sounding salesy, yeah. Well, and what I've seen many, you know, what I've personally been successful with is like selling the client into that, that result. They're obviously coming to us for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, usually they're coming to us because maybe they want to gain some mobility. Maybe they want to lose a little bit of weight. Maybe they need to tone up a certain area of their body. So that's why they're joining us. So we should sell them on how we can help them get there. Because we're so convicted in the idea that we know we can help them that when we give them the price, it just makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and handling those objections, like you said, are sometimes difficult. Like when they're like, oh, well, that's too much. Um, mm-hmm. and down from those, definitely a lot of barriers that we have to kind of learn to overcome. And it's really hard. Um, it is, yeah. And not to feel like offended that somebody doesn't want to spend that money on me, which is fine. I've, I've gotten over that, I guess, but, uh, yeah, it's a little like, Oh, you know, I was really looking forward to working with this person or I, I felt like I got to know them. Maybe we had a couple conversations. I might've met them in person, but yeah. Yeah. And so I want to ask you if you, if I could hand you a magic wand right now and all your dreams and goals for your online business, your in-person business, both of them came true, everything. 
what would that picture look like for you? Kind of no limitations, nothing holding you back. What would that look like? Um, well, my ultimate goal for my future in my business is to be able to travel more without feeling bad. So I get, uh, I don't take holidays generally. Um, my husband always says I can, you know, Catherine, you can take more than seven days off a year, which I some, sometimes I don't even take that. Um, just because I, I feel like anytime I take time off of from my business or take time away from my clients, I'm letting them down or I'm missing out on all the, that revenue that I'd be getting in on that time that I'm off. Right. So ultimately I would like to have more inline or inline online clients. So maybe my online clients make up 70% of my revenue and the rest comes from the, the in-person clients that I decide to keep that I really get along with, that I really want to keep in my life, that I really enjoy training. So I, so that that way, when I do take a holiday, I can still work when I'm on holiday. I can bring my computer with me. I can still enjoy my holiday and then work a little bit on the side and then not feel like I am um, not going to be able to pay my bills. For example, if I take a week or two off. Well, Catherine, we need to get you on a vacation. <laughs> Sounds like you yeah. deserve <laughs> this time. What do you feel like it's super important for you to focus on right now to make that a reality sooner than later? I just dial in like on my, um, my social media, getting my, uh, online stuff going. I'm very hesitant sometimes to, uh, to bombard people's social media with posts from me, but I have learned from other coaches that I need to be front of mind in order for them. You know, people need to see something seven times before it clicks in their head that they need this service kind of thing. So I need to be more on top of my social social media. I need to be um, just not selling a little harder, but just being present a little bit more than I am. Yep. Just really, really dial in to everything yeah. that you know that you need to be doing, but sometimes it's hard for us to like really make it happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm glad that I got to have you here today and I'm excited for you to see, you know, how you're able to grow this thing. Um, what is the social media page for the business? Where can our listeners go to find you? Uh, so my, my Instagram is, um, so it's C-A-T underscore F-I-T-P-T. So cat underscore fit P-T. Awesome. And that's my Instagram and my Facebook page is Catherine Fit Personal Training. Awesome. Well, I'm excited yeah. to check it out. And thank you for being here today one more time. I just want to make sure that you know how thankful I am. Um, and thank listeners, you. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Please don't forget if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. 
That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Rebecca with Booty Lab out of North Carolina. Rebecca, what is going on? Happy Tuesday. How are you feeling today? I'm great. Excited to be here. <laughs> Excited to have you on. And like, we're, we're definitely ready to dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with Booty Lab. Love the name, by the way. I think it's so creative. Thank and, you. You know, we uh, we want to ask you one question. I kind of give you the floor, actually. Not even ask you a question, but we'll give you the floor here to come, go ahead and give the viewers a little bit of a description, a little background on, on how would you explain Booty Lab and what you guys do? Yeah. So Booty Lab is a place for women in strength training. Um, I just felt like that was something we needed in our industry. I've worked in this industry since 2010 and I did like personal training small group and I felt like we needed somewhere to go where we could feel confident get strong and then also just have like that community bond for women so we have that small group training where you can learn that strength training um without you know feeling intimidated if you will yeah yeah I love that because gym intimidation is is a hundred percent real a hundred percent yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I, I love that you're 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 thinking about the emotional side of things right because I mean you, that's really where it appeals to your mentality whatever you want to say but how you walk in and how you feel about yourself is the biggest thing when you come to the gym and you really are working on people more emotionally and mentally than you are physically yeah and so I, I love that I love that you're that you're really focused on that on the client experience so you know Rebecca kind of to dive in here we'll start with like the bare bones basics sure um how many members are you serving currently Right now, we have um, 50 members. Nice, nice. And so for you, with those 50 members, right, uh, yeah. what's been the best method of getting the new people to come through the door? Um, it's been a couple of different things. Obviously, you want word of mouth, like your clients to refer people. That's obviously the best way and the less expensive way. Um, but also, I mean, I think social media, Instagram has been a big, um, you know, help and bringing in new clients. Cause I think that, you know, with us posting stories throughout our workouts have really made a difference because our clients are reposting those and they're like, where are you at? What are you doing? And so that's really brought us in some, um, some new people that wouldn't have seen us before. So. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think, I think I love that you mentioned that, you know, word of mouth is definitely an asset, but it's not your bread and butter, right? Cause yeah. They always say you can never track word of mouth. It's just literally impossible. You know, you're kind of just not really hoping, but you're, you're doing a good job of what you're doing, right? That's it. People refer others because yeah. of how good you are at your fulfillment. Yeah. But I always try to say to you, it's, it's nothing you can rely on. But the fact that you also mentioned that social media is a big asset there too, I think, which is also thanks to, uh, in a way, in, in an infamous way, COVID, right? I think it kind of forced us to get online a little more yeah. and really utilize the resources we did have. Mm -hmm. um, and then so... I always like to dive a little deeper here too. You know, it's like when you say social media and, and using Instagram, do you mean boosting posts and putting up ads or do you just mean organically just posting consistently and interacting with your, your followers? Um, both. 
I mean, organic obviously is, you know, you want to use that as much as you can, but I mean, yeah, you do have to put some money into marketing and stuff, which um, helps us get access to people that, you know, we may not usually, you know, get in front of. So that part's important yeah. too. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's understanding that there's some eyeballs you could either pay for or you put that time equity in and you're going to get in front of them too. It's, yeah. it's you pick your poison. Right. Yeah. And and so, you know, um, kind of giving a little bit of a perspective, right? I like to give the viewers a perspective here, at least for you, right? Cause I think it's different for everybody, but with the marketing efforts you have done, including word of mouth, social media, even if you do some flyers and those Tagrella marketing tactics, if you do anything at all like that, um, you know, with the methods you have used, what is like a realistic expectation monthly, weekly, however you want to put it in, in terms of metrics of uh, expectation, right? How many leads can you expect? How many new people not closing as far as clients, right? You don't have to close them as a deal, but new leads, people who are interested, right? Eyeballs. How much can you expect on a weekly or monthly basis? Honestly, that's a hard um, question to answer because it also depends on like how consistent you are. Consistency is such a big thing in this industry and also patience. (laughs) You have to be really patient (laughs) with the process. So you need to fine tune like who you're marketing to, like what are those questions that you're trying to answer for people in order to bring in those leads. Now, I mean, I would say on average, the leads that we have come in are 15 to 20 a month. Um, But, you know, the other part of that is, you know, are you advertising to people that can afford you or the right fit for you? Mm. All these other things. So, yeah, I mean, that's a hard question to answer just because there's so many variables to that. But I would say that would be for us where we're at. I love the honesty and transparency. I love that you're kind of almost educating the viewers as well here, too, because it is true. I always I'm the first advocate to say it's not just a good fit for the client, but it has to be a good fit for you as well. You don't want to jeopardize your culture just for a monthly yeah. membership or just for one package because it's important. You know, they feed off of each other. Your your community is built off of you as a leader and whoever you bring in through those doors, it has to make sense for the both of you, right? Are you a good fit for is, each other? Yeah, community is key. That is like the biggest thing that I like was really important to me when starting this um, business because I just felt like there was, there was so much like um, competition with women. And I feel like the industry is so hard, especially with, you know, the, you know, competitions and like I used to do um, bikini competitions and stuff like that. So it can be very intimidating to see people advertising to that, having this look, having this body, you know? And so for me, it was really important that women felt comfortable to come in and trust us and know that it's not a one size fits all and that we're all starting from one place. And so, and not everybody comes in for physicality. It's like you said, emotional earlier. That's something that's really important. So I found that that actually was way more important to me than actually an aesthetic. So you'll never see me like post before and afters for my business because that's just not what it's about. Yeah, no, it's true. I think that's so true. You, you want to be authentic right yeah. and, and and be the most authentic stuff that you can be and i think that's, that's such a good emphasis point because people can people make decisions based on emotion right they can feel when you're being authentic they can feel when you're being genuine yeah and i think that's the biggest thing you don't want to jeopardize who you are and become someone you're not just right. to again get maybe one to two memberships extra that will probably not last anyway because they don't want they don't believe in the culture right so i love that I love that. And so 
you know, hypothetically speaking here, Rebecca, let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things were unlimited. I mean, what's the max number look like? How much higher can you go from where you're at? That's, yeah. So I think about this a lot. I actually um, have never, never saw myself as being a, a big company as far as like a brick and mortar. I saw myself at like 90 clients tops. Like I felt like that's what I could cater to, give them the attention I wanted and give them the offerings that they deserve. And especially at the price point that I'm giving, because, you know, it's not an inexpensive thing to have like one-on-one personal training in a small group atmosphere. But um, for me, I always saw myself growing more online. So, you know, creating the community there with my app. But as far as brick and mortar, I only saw myself as like one studio here in Wilmington, North Carolina, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love, well, that's totally okay, right? It's, I always say one bigger is not always better, right? And always, it's, it's not about creating this astronomical, huge kingdom of gyms that like, in, that everybody thinks is the goal. I think it, it's so yeah. true when you can have 90 people, you know, in a, in a brick and mortar. Cause again, as we both know, online is endless, right? If that's a priority, you can get endless amounts of clients online. But, you know, if on, as far as in person goes, you have 90 people who are very, very, very loyal and with you for nine, 10 years, whatever it may be. I mean, it's yeah. really not always about having so many new clients in abundance, but it's also longevity, the lifetime value. Yeah. If someone's with you for five, 10 years and the lifetime value of each client is worth 10, 20, $30,000. I mean, do the math. Like it just works out a lot better. That retention is a big piece. Yeah. And it, which kind of go ahead. I don't want to cut you off here, Rebecca. I don't know if you had anything else to mention. I was gonna ask you another question. No, go for it. You're good. Yeah. 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 I was going to ask you. So, you know, it, how do you, how do you manage this though? Like, cause I mean, not sure. Are you a one woman team by any chance? No. You're impossible. Not. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's basically one to 50 is a lot. So, but even with the team that you do have, how do you guys manage to track those metrics? I mean, I think it's super important, right? As fitness professionals, I mean, look, we track our macros, we track how much weight is on the bar, we track how much we weigh. And sometimes when we come to our metrics, we kind of forget, you know, and not saying that you are, of course, but how do you go ahead and manage the 50 members that you do have? Yeah. So um, I have a team, obviously, that helps me with that. We have weekly meetings and stuff that goes through all that. You know, retention is obviously very important. We have, you know, reports to keep up with all those things. Um, we have a software and also we have a marketing team that we work with that obviously shows that side of things, which is like social media and stuff. It, it's a lot to learn. I've learned a lot over the course of the last couple of years. So um, that's a whole nother meeting in itself but um yeah. yeah I mean I try to keep my team knowing you know everybody should know first and last names of all of the clients that are in our place we have um something that we use called Trello so we uh, that's a way for us to kind of really? communicate for each client that was one thing that was really important to me is like I don't want to have any of our coaches walk in you know, and not know someone. So we have like an individual card that we communicate with. So, you know, background of the client, you know, how many classes they've attended, things like that um, to keep the communication open. And then we also have a whole separate thing just for like, you know, injuries, modifications, you know, things like that. So the client knows okay. that we're seeing on top of things. So, you yeah, know, they do important. feel like they're getting that one-on-one, -on -one, which, I mean, I feel like that that's what we're giving them, even though it's six person group. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not really 
too difficult to make that feel that way, right? Because people, it's all about value, right? Trust and value, right? Yeah. When people commit to, to working with you. And I think obviously you guys do a good job of trusting you, but to, to be able to feel the value of a semi-private and also feel like you're getting one-on-one attention because realistically, I think I've always said it, when you do a one-on-one, sometimes it becomes a therapy session more than it becomes a done that personal training <laughs> session, right? And we all know that. Uh, but when you're doing that semi-private, it's that nice in-between of where you're actually coaching and you're you're it's efficient and, and they're forced to be more efficient and not talk. I mean, they could talk in between breaks and whatnot, and sure, but realistically, it's you're not wasting time just how's your day? How is work? And they're going and stopping their reps and talk about how someone at the, you know, whatever it is. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to go into detail there, but you know, I think that's why I think once people are exposed to it and they see the value. Yeah. There's no going back. Right. And I think, I think it's honestly the, the, the just like online was the innovative way to go during COVID. Mm-hmm. I think this is where the industry's going personally. I really do think saying private's going to be the bread and butters anywhere. Cause if you really think about, I mean, you can charge one-on-one prices with semi-private efficiency. I mean, it's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. Yeah. There's no reason why you wouldn't. So um, and you're not limited to time as much as you would be if you were doing just regular I mean, one-on-ones you can only do maybe 12 hours a day and you'll probably be killing yourself you know oh i've done that 12 people exactly right you know you know Those so are now the longest days ever <laughs> back to back to back you're there at five in the morning you're leaving at like and they're done that knows when oh man so yeah i i love it i love i love the ideology there and so here's gonna be a little bit of a longer winded question rebecca but a good question in sure. itself what we've been discussing this entire time and just kind of like a self-improvement kind of question. Good way to self-reflect here. Um, so if you need to repeat anything, just let me know. I could definitely do so. Uh, okay. But what we've been discussing this entire podcast have been the three pillars of business. That's going to be your lead generation, which is yeah. your marketing, your client acquisition, which is your sales, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. Rebecca, so of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? I knew as soon as you said it, the last one, you know, um, having people invest more money. What was that one? Repeat it. The third one. <laughs> Sorry. Ascension, ascending people into other, other. Yeah. Animals. I think that that's something I could definitely improve on. Um, I think for me, honestly, I always think about it and how I can add on to them. So like, you know, I always am trying to think because I am in a semi-private group, I'm always thinking about how can I personalize things more. So I'm always looking to add for the client, not necessarily for me as far as cost. So I probably think, you know, that's where I could improve. Like, okay, I just want to like, I mean, yeah, I want to essentially give them more for free. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Being that one-stop shop for them. I always say that's like the best way I could look at it because, you know, if I mean, just throwing examples, not sure what you'd want to provide it, but just if let's say, for example, if you sign someone up, they're going to go ahead and buy supplements. If you sign someone up, they're going to go ahead and buy a sweater, shorts, shoes. So if you can, I mean, obviously not everybody's going to have shoes inside of their gym, but right. you know, if you can have merchandise, supplements, right? If you, if you, I, I truly have to, you have to believe them just as much as you believe in your service, right? You can't just go with right. any company, but you know, um, if you have those services, I mean, they're going to buy it inevitably. And so it's like, you might as well have them ready to go so they can buy more with you. And, and people, there's just, there's always like this misconception that, oh, I don't want to hit my clients over the head with more expenses. It's like, you're helping them. 
you're changing their lives. So you're not really taking away anything. If anything, you're making it more convenient. Hey, don't look any further. Right here, we have meals. We have this. We have that. And if they love you and they want you, they're going to buy more from you. And then that's how you also retain these clients as well. Because let's say, for example, they're buying supplements off of you and they might not be trading with you. They're going to keep coming back for those supplements. You know, they're going to come back for those meals, whatever it is. So it's always good to just have them there. And I appreciate the honesty and transparency there too, Rebecca, just because if you could be honest on air, transparent on air, you know, regardless of your success, because you're doing well, but if you could still be honest on, on where you can improve, I think that's, that's, is a big eye opener for the viewers. And it's a much appreciated by all of us because I think uh, it takes a lot to do so. And so thank you for that. Um, so last two questions for you here, Rebecca, my two favorite questions. And I'm kind of curious to see your answers here because you've given some, some good answers to this entire podcast. So, um, first one is simply, what's the bigger picture? What's the overarching goal? What are you trying to accomplish long-term? Um, I guess my overall goal is to change, you know, women's like thought process on strength training and like, you know, my whole goal is to make them feel confident and comfortable. And also, you know, our industry has been in this for years and years. It's been going on, it's still happening, but like this aesthetic idea of what fitness and health is like and what women should look like and all this. I think there's just so many pressures. So for me, I think just, you know, making a mark in that aspect, making people feel confident in themselves. And just when they come to my page and, you know, come to our studio to like get that from it, you know, I, I, I want to be the place that they, you know, look to when they need some inspiration. So that's really my overall goal. It's never been financial. I mean, obviously, I mean, I have a business, so it has to have some of that, but it's never been, you know, my overall goal. I'm just, I love what I do. So that kind of is what pushes me to go on. Yeah. And I think you're doing it for the right reasons, right? Again, finances are inevitable. You need to stay open and trust me, I'm sure your members want you to stay open. Yeah. And obviously you want to stay open, of course. Um, but I think it, it's the bigger picture of, of actually understanding and knowing that like, this is, this is for you guys. Right. Yeah. And again, they feel that they feel that and they'll thank you for that. I'm telling you, you can't, you can't fake authenticity or being genuine. You just can't fake those things. They're just, they're built in you or you develop it. Right. I mean, some people, right. you know, you, as you know, you walk in some places where they're just trying to sell you malarkey and you're like, what the heck? Like, I'm out of here, you know, so, right. but you don't get that feel there. So that's what I love about that. So that's awesome, Rebecca. And so one last question, I'm going to word it a little differently to make it sound a little more uh, entertaining, if you will. Uh, but okay. it's a good question because we had somebody like two months ago, walk outside for like 20 minutes to answer the question. He was like, I need, to, I need a second to think about this one. <laughs> like, I, I wish I was joking. All right. He literally walked outside. So, um, <laughs> Like Rebecca, if you could go back in time to when you first started your gym and sit mm-hmm. yourself down with the knowledge you know now and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for yourself? Oh, gosh. You know, I think, um, you know, we already spoke about it, authenticity. I think that like when I first I had a business before this with my husband. So this is, you know, my business on my own. And I think that like, 
I had like expectations of what other people are doing or what it should look like. And so I think I looked too much to like what other people were doing. And so for me, it took me a little bit. Like if I go back and look at my posts, if I go back and look at my content and look at all that, I think that like it has really just transformed because now I, I just know who I am as a person. I know what I want. I know what my expectations are and I'm not going to steer away from that. And I think in the beginning, I didn't, I didn't really fine tune that and have that figured out. Um, but it's, I think it's just important to be yourself and make it what you want it to be, not what you think you should do to be popular or what other people are doing. I think that's, you know, that's the hard part about social media is yeah. that you have so many different people to look to, like, even with the, you know, this podcast, how I'm doing as opposed to other people, you know, you just got to like show up oh, and be yeah. you and just kind of, and that was, you know, I think the one thing that kind of delayed me in my process. And so that, that would be what I would hope to change. <laughs> yeah. Look, Rebecca, listen, that was the mic drop of an answer. I'm not even going to say anything <laughs> about that way to close it out. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. <laughs> if I could slam this on the ground, I would, but I, I don't think I want, I don't know. <laughs> but look, uh, before we sign out here, Rebecca, please, it'd be my pleasure. Shout out your Instagram, Facebook website, anything you have, where can people find out more about you guys and the gym? Yeah, so my website is uh, bootylabinc.com. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, it's bootylab, and um, also Facebook. And um, we're also on TikTok as well. So come see me. It. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Rebecca, look, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish on the road. I'm just going to close everybody out here. Just don't forget to stick around for one second. So I'll let you know how awesome. you can get the podcast. I'd appreciate Thanks. it. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us to talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.